Welcome back uh, to the Spiritual Graffiti Podcast. Um, it's Pete and Ruby, and we are here with Josephine Jeffrey, who is a f- longtime friend of Pete's and an artist and a bunch of other things. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're just going to get into it. We were kind of chatting before this, and I think Josephine is a person who is hard to contextualize and sum up in like a couple of labels. Um, she's an Aquarius like Pete, so there's that. <laughs> I mean, it it puts it that does put some context on things. Like I think I think an Aquarius like everyone kind of knows what that means. Like you're a little bit quirky and strange and different, and and you and you embrace that. Like I feel I feel like Aquas just like really lean into like being oddballs. <laughs> yeah, well. Were you both doing an ice bath before this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard that Pete was doing an ice bath. And weirdly, just before, I was thinking, I feel like I need to do an ice bath. And when Ruby said it, I was like, right, I'm doing it now. I'm competitive. I think that's amazing. I was like, I, I didn't have time. By the time like I put it all together, <laughs> I did not have time to do one. <laughs> and I didn't do a full immersion because I couldn't fill it up in time. So I was just half my body. But I just felt like I needed to um, freshen up. Yeah, heard that. Well, very cool. Um, so before this, you're saying like you did the kind of corporate thing, the traditional lifestyle. Um, mm. You know, like I'm assuming that means like a nine to five kind of corporate job. Uh, yeah. You know that sort of thing, and then you kind of have gone on like a spiritual journey, done a lot of different things. You said you were a medium. You've read tarot cards. You've done mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So how, you know, like, start wherever you feel comfortable, but, like, how did you go from, like, the normal corporate lifestyle to... You wasn't born as a corporate person. Yeah. (laughs) None of us are. born into a suit. Um, I think a lot of, like, my journey does... I mean, it's it's all back to front. A lot of people that have spiritual journeys are like this, you know, things pop up and down, and and you either embrace it at the time, you're allowed to embrace it, or you're not, but... um, I mean, I, my upbringing was my mum was from Finland and my dad was English and they were like hippies, right? And my mum was an artist mm-hmm. as well. So actually my upbringing was quite liberal, quite free in some ways. Um, and my I was lucky that my mum was an artist, you know, considering that I went down that path because she was quite open-minded and she always encouraged me to do what I wanted to do. And uh, my dad was a complete opposite. <laughs> But he was a kind of a hippie, but he um he was a little more traditional. But I think uh um just to kind of just mention this, because I think from a young age I did have quite a lot of spiritual experiences. And my mum used to always say, Oh, you've got a really amazing imagination. You know, I think she kind of knew there was something going on, but she didn't really want to freak me out. Mm-hmm. And I was one of these really hypersensitive children, very shy, very reclusive very introverted just through art didn't socialize great <laughs> wow. yeah that reminds me of my sister actually she's kind of at least as a small child she was mm. very very shy mm. really spot like totally independent would you know play by herself mm. she was always drawing she was always like drawing like in way more like detail mm. than I ever mm-hmm. cared to. Like I was never into drawing. Like I, I just was like a very social kid, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've kind of swapped yeah. now, but yeah. I think that's interesting. Like it, that sounds so familiar to me. 
Yeah. What do you mean by like, uh, do you feel like you were psychic? Did you like, well, yeah, I had like quite see a few ghosts years. or what do you mean? Yeah. No, I, I used to see really evil stuff. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go straight to it. Yeah, um, let's go. Well, no, but I used to, my dad built me this room in the attic because, um, you know, family was expanding and he said right we need more space so we'll build your room in the attic and I loved it up there it was a great room and I had like a play den and everything um but for some reason like as soon as I had my own space I started to see stuff and when I'd go to sleep um it felt like the air was thick with things (laughs) and I would see um what I can only say with my now is with my third eye you know faces coming at me um and some of them were quite kind of demonic quite worrying scary so I frequently had night terrors and really disturbing experiences like that and I was always banging on my parents door and saying can I sleep with you because it's not very nice up there um yeah no so that was quite intense um and my mum just said you know you you were always kind of bad sleeper and you know it's just because there was just I felt like everyone was knocking on my door trying to like intrude on my space mm-hmm. um, you know so, and, and, and of course this little child so everyone's just saying oh she's just got really crazy imagination but they never sort of said anything more than that um yeah do you think they were connected to you or do you think they were connected to the space or your I don't know like- I think it felt like more me it felt like um it's like I felt like they were trying to get something from me <laughs> it sounds really weird I mean I'm Lucky I'm comfortable talking about this now because I, I, there was a time I would never have talked about that because I was terrified that people would think later in life I was mentally ill, you know. Mm-hmm. But as a three, four-year-old, five-year-old child, you can't say that, you know, just I think now, yeah, now yeah. more about spirituality, it's just wide open, um, mm-hmm. shining my light or whatever, you know, and they were attracted to that. Um, but at the time, obviously, I had no knowledge of that. And then I had some other experiences like um, uh, I would – have prophetic dreams I my mom would say quite often there are a number of places that we visited that you know we'd be driving towards the sort of country house or something and I would say oh I've been here before um there's some stables around that tree and I would describe it and she'd be like no we've never been here before <laughs> um wow, things like that wow. you know so there was obviously I was receiving information from places because I definitely remember going to certain places thinking this feels really familiar Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah. another experience I had probably about that age was when I used to fall asleep sometimes I would this is a really odd one and I think it's like similar to when I read things like Terence McKenna and, and sort of doors of perception I felt like I was expand expanding into the universe it's a bit like not quite like the falling dream it was like my my whole body was being blown out into the universe and I was expanding and contracting. Okay. And I would kind of, you know, have this kind of war and weird noise. And then I would kind of wake up in a jolt. But then, you know, a lot of scientists sort of say, oh, well, that's the brain shutting down for sleep, whatever. But I, I also think that was me um, astral traveling or just leaving my body. I was kind of aware of that in between stage, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, there was a time around that age where I felt I was having a lot of experiences. And they stopped, actually. I, I think when I got a little bit older, I don't know whether... I mean, I've heard scientists saying that children after the age of seven, something changes in their perception. 
Mm-hmm. They stop believing, or they, they before that age, um, they don't know the difference between um, dream world or fantasy world and reality. To them, it's one and the same thing. So it was probably about that age where I just stopped having those experiences. I think you get programmed. Like by the time you're about yeah. seven, you're more like understanding and aware of what's like socially acceptable yeah. and like yeah, like what reality, <clears throat> what reality is yeah. supposedly it, it makes sense I mean <clears throat> um, yeah. it's just interesting that you can remember so much of that stuff like oh, and yeah. I guess it must have been pretty intense so... because I don't have a lot of like early childhood memories you know well, I have big blanks as well but I remember the important stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the like the monsters that you could you oh, know you God. could see when oh, you were going to sleep yeah. I'm straight I'm right back in my bed and I remember my mum used to say uh, I was obsessed with filling my bed with cuddly toys because I was terrified <clears throat> yeah so I, I I think something in that experience began this uh quest of like good and bad good and evil in my mind like I felt like in some ways like the bad something bad was going to get me from I don't know that kind of started at that point and I think I've kind of moved out of that but that I can kind of talk more about later in life what happened with that. Um, so, yeah, and then I suppose the next real um, time when I started to have spiritual experiences again, when I was a teenager, um, which I know is quite common because um, you're obviously emotionally <laughs> very open and I think mm-hmm. teenage girls kind of pump out a certain kind of energy. Um, I certainly did. I think I... I think then I realised that I was quite different. And I say now, I'm, I'm actually going for like an autistic diagnosis if you want to put labels on it. But I definitely felt that I didn't fit in. I felt that I uh, was very perceptive of people. Like, I, I find it very hard to kind of lie. I find it like I've, I've got like a very strong bullshit meter and stuff. So, and social justice, you know, I was one of these typical rebellious teenagers, you mm-hmm. know, that I just wanted to reject everything and um I also I won't talk too much about it some personal stuff but there was some trouble going on at home um so I think the fact that if I was like a teenager with some neurodivergency going on and sort of complete emotional dysregulation Mm -hmm. handling anything on top of the normal sort of stresses to kind of tip tip me over a bit and I did I, I I had some severe sort of depression and um, yeah, it was a very dark point in my life, and I, yeah, I think I kind of, I had a turning point around then as well. I, I remember, I was actually dabbling slightly in the dark arts as well at that point. I was quite obsessed with. <clears throat> when you say dark arts, just for like anyone listening, what yeah. what exactly do you mean? Well, um, I had a group of friends that we were slightly into kind of, you know, Ouija boards and um, some black magic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think because I was in quite a dark space anyway, in my whole mental space, that I found some kind of power in that. Um, But I also felt like I was kind of teetering on the edge of something a bit dangerous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I relate to that because I feel like... Do you? My well, just like when I started kind of 
getting into things like tarot or mm. or rituals or even astrology like I was trying to like know the future like I was like really uncomfortable yeah. in my in my life and I just wanted something to like tell me the future the way I wanted to hear it I guess yeah. so I'm trying to like like learn yeah. magic to, yeah. to make that happen and and I was younger and whatever but then you know I think I kind of came back around to that in a different way as I got older you know what I mean um yeah, no, like you go through hard things and and especially when you're young like you want to just kind of like I don't know you just like want to know that it's gonna get better <laughs> absolutely and also I think you know you're probably that age really curious and I agree at that time tarot felt really dark and it doesn't feel dark at all now like to mm-hmm. you know you know if someone had a pack of tarot cards at that point it was like oh my god you're like dicing with the dead i didn't even really read cards i would just like go on the internet and get like readings and like i was reading my i was reading like six different horoscopes a day and like you know just doing like little things like yeah trying to i don't know know. it wasn't dark arts really i guess i just was like trying to figure out the future and like trying to (laughs) trying to like it's weird that i've just make it the way i wanted it you know the two people that I was hanging out with, there were a couple of guys actually, and they're both dead now, which is a bit oh, wow. boring. Um, I mean, I'm you know quite a bit older. This is way pre-internet, um, so to get hold of any information about things like this was quite difficult. So everyone kind of knew someone that had some sort of dodgy practices. Like there was always be someone who's got a mate who does readings or something you know it was it was kind of all like this and it was all quite innocent and a bit exploratory but at the time I thought oh this is really quite intense mm-hmm. and actually I really felt like this pull of good and evil like this polarity going on in me and it was almost like I was going to make a decision whether to go <laughs> the good way or the bad way um and I remember I had I don't know there was there was I had a really rough week and I, I, was, oh, I don't want to sort of say too much because I don't want to kind of trigger people, but um, I was not in a good place mentally at all. And I went for a walk with my dog and it was like, it was probably like late January, you know, it's like the bleakest part of winter. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of in, in Britain, like we've got this kind of grey drizzle and it was cold and I was just like, oh my God, I just hate my life and all this, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think there's nothing here for me. <laughs> Even in Tennessee where I live, like, that is the bleak, like, February. We've actually kind of had a nice February, but usually it's, like, it rains every day. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, like, the worst kind of temperature. Like, it's just cold enough for the rain to be, like, really miserable. (laughs) And also, I think you have to put it in perspective, like, because it's pre-internet, like, at least youngsters nowadays can reach out and find people like themselves. Mm -hmm. I knew I was different, and I, I, you know, I wanted to be an artist. I was into this weird esoteric stuff, and I thought very differently from everyone around me and I was like literally no one that I knew like me and I was like I'm, I'm mm. totally alone you know um you know my family didn't really get it either and so I so I was in this field and then I was literally like like that's it I'm gonna I'm gonna end it you know <laughs> I can't take it anymore and and then literally at that moment like it sounds super cheesy but like the clouds like cleared like parted and the sun just like beamed on me Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's quite weird because literally it wasn't like that at all like a minute ago and I, I suddenly felt like this rush of um, like completely light I felt completely free 
and like I uh, sort of touched by the hand of God almost, you know. And I, no, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, and I literally felt happy and, and free and like, oh, my God, it's going to be all right. I'm totally going to be fine. And in that moment, I could click my fingers and say, from that moment onwards, I was like, no, I'm going to sort myself out. I'm going to get myself to art college. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to have a great life. <laughs> I just suddenly decided. And it sounds very flippant me saying it in that way, because that, up until that point, I was in a really dark place. I'm not saying it was easy from that point onwards, but it, it was definitely like a, a switch flicked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be this kind of depressed. Everything seems like feels so heavy and serious when yeah. you're like yeah. a teenager into your like early 20s, mid 20s. I think I feel like yeah. I, I took everything so serious yeah. and so hard. Yeah. And it was, everything was so emotional and intense. Yeah. And like I was plagued with like, yeah. <laughs> I'm also a Gold. cancer. So there's that. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I just was really, everything was very like heavy and dark and serious for me. Mm. And I mean, even now, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I make life more, like, playful and fun, you know? Like, because it's just, like, I can still fall back into that. I don't know. Do you relate to that, Pete? Are you, like, I feel like you have a curmudgeon side, you know? I mean, I think, like, (laughs) I think, like, what that is is, like, there's so much pressure from so many different directions when you're, like, a teen. Like, think about you're in high school or school or whatever and it's like your parents put this pressure to like become something better than they were in a way for most Mm -hmm. people or if it's not your parents it's the school or it's society you know you have to make money you have to figure yourself out and it's like you really like you're growing still like I feel like I didn't know myself till I was like in my 30s yeah because like you need i think you need a place to find yourself like you can't really find yourself when you're crushed down by all these pressures like you need space you need to shut the yeah it was like when i lived on my own i went to college on my own you started to like really be who you are more authentically instead of like you know, who, who your parents want, you know, like I went to college because my parents told me to go to college or my school. Went Same. Like I didn't, I didn't really <laughs> want to go. go. I didn't want to go to, I went to college to play football. That's what I went to college for. You know? I yeah. Didn't, I didn't have a, I was an, I became an English major. Like what the hell is that? Like, what yeah. Same. For? That's funny. I forget that we both were English majors. <laughs> Like, and I mean, I had the same thing. Like my mom, she has a PhD, like she's a doctor of psychology or whatever, you know, like she had this, like, and she did this while I was growing up. So, and the reason she did it was like to take care of us, to have like a a good income, to be able to like raise us kids and like, and be able to put us through college. Like she worked at a like university so that our our tuition would get discounted and like you know like she like made these choices like for us there was like no other choice but to go to college which I'm glad I went it was good but I don't like I've kind of dabbled in things that are related to my degree but not really spoken to like this with Pete a bit yeah because that's pressure on you right because if she's gone and got a PhD or she's (laughs) whatever she got just to put you through college then you've got to go yeah, kind yeah. kind of like it, I mean, just you know, to be yeah. able to like raise us, but also a bit like with um, I've talked a lot about like having immigrants as parents because my mum was an immigrant to Britain and she struggled 
don't know, she probably wouldn't like me saying she struggled, but I'm saying she came to England, she couldn't really speak much English. And uh, it, you know, there was no Finnish people here. You know, it's not like a Finnish community here. So she was quite isolated. Um, and I think what happens with immigrants particularly is, you know, they're, they're, they're coming for a better life somewhere else. So they're escaping something that they, wasn't so great. So mm-hmm. then they want you to have the better life that they never had. So the pressure is on you then to somehow reap the reward yeah, I think... that they've given you. I mean, this happens with a lot of parents, but I think with immigrants especially as well. That makes sense. Know, parents as well. Yeah, but they it's, wanted it's you to their have the version. Yeah, <laughs> they it's want their the... version of like what they think a better life is. Yeah, which is not authentically like who you are. No, mm-hmm. no. You know, like oh, go to college. Like, what am I going to college for? You know, like. <laughs> You know what? I even even though I love like being an artist and stuff, so I did have an existential crisis about that after my mum died. Thinking, have I only become an artist because she was an artist? And on some level, I was doing it because, you know, when I was bored growing up as a kid, she would give me art stuff. And had she been something else, and maybe I would never have been an artist. Am I truly an artist? Do you know what I mean? Or have I been programmed to be an artist by her? So yeah, I think. It's just, I don't know. They will say parents fuck you up, whatever. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, can I swear? I didn't know if I could swear. Yeah, you can swear as much as you want. We, like, we really don't have, like, rules here. We don't have, like, uh, boundaries around, like, what you can and can't talk about. I mean, it's a podcast. Like, you can choose to listen to it or not. I mean, I think I, I usually like mark it as explicit so they don't like take it down or something okay <laughs> but you're good to go whatever you feel comfortable everyone I think everyone can throw an f-bomb these days it's not exactly yeah i know it's, it's still funny to me that they like bleep it out on tv i don't know if they do they do that in the uk like or can oh, you language now surely it's not offense oh do they do it in the uk oh yeah I don't watch tv to be honest so <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> Yeah, but it's the BBC probably would I imagine. Yeah, just I was just wondering. I was like, I don't know. If yeah, like because it just seems like such an old, like an antiquated kind of rule um, to like yeah. believe words. You know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to ask, like, how yeah. how does the spirituality connect to the art? Like, you know, do you feel yeah. like we're channeling this art, or do you I feel? I'm like- thinking about this actually because. Um, yeah, I mean, we're obviously going to take this big chunk out of the middle, but um, I think when I look back at my sketchbooks when I was a teenager, some it's weird me looking at them now because I look at them and I'm like, because of what I know now and because I've developed my spirituality as a practice through my art, and I'll talk a bit more about that, but um, I can see now that I was channeling stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely, you know, there's different kinds of artwork. There's some artwork that's also been like you're saying, it's kind of programmed artwork by the teacher or what I think is good to fit in with society. And then there's, I particularly like my sketchbooks because I've played in them and it's not really for anyone else. It's just for me. And there's automatic writing in there. There's all sorts mm-hmm. of automatic drawing and and there's prophetic stuff in there. And that's particularly, I'm really interested in that because a lot of my work is quite prophetic. Um. And it's, it's a lot of it uh, comes through in symbols and and it just random series of words and it, it just seems like gobbledygook, you know. But yeah. over months and weeks or years later even, I will look back and I'll go, oh, I know exactly what that means now. But I didn't at the yeah. time. 
Um, so I was See, already doing it. Yeah, without, yeah. Like, how, how do you – a question I have is, like, because yeah. I do this myself sometimes, yeah. and it's a bit neurotic. Uh -huh. But it's like, um, you know, how do you navigate – being prophetic and living day to day because I feel like even me as a kid you talked about like being psychic and stuff like that yeah. I feel like I would maybe notice patterns that people wouldn't notice mm -hmm. and in terms of like like so say like I would have certain symbols for things to come or like I would start to see uh -huh. patterns but then it's like um, you also see other patterns and then you kind of like tend to question yeah. like, yeah. oh, is everything a sign? It's like, <laughs> oh, is something coming because I'm seeing this? And I, I feel like that's that one of the hardest things to navigate because you, you go so internal because then you start to see like... No, I don't oh, do that. No? I, see what, I do see your point, but to be honest, it's, it's um, a lot of the, the coherence of the signs and symbols and stuff is quite a recent thing for me. Um, I said the stuff in in earlier life that I look back on it I had no knowledge of what it meant and it, I'd never even knew about what channeling was it do you know what I mean it wasn't even in my awareness so it, I wasn't thinking that way at all whereas now because I've I suppose found other artists that have channeled and I've looked at their process it's the the weirdest thing for me I think is looking at artists like Hilmove Clint or uh, Georgia Houghton or some of the you know quite famous ones that have been brought to people's attention now are from like 150 years ago and I've got stuff in my sketchbooks that's almost identical to that so that makes me think like oh this isn't I'd never come in contact with those artists at that point um, and I'm thinking well this is obviously some kind of proof to me that mm -hmm. what we're coming through is is not it's not my work yeah, yeah. What i mean it's, it's like you're tapping into a universal field so yeah, yeah. A collective I, unconscious it, kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. It, it's it's only because um in more recent times i'm much better because i've basically uh, managed to quiet my inner critic and quieten my mind like through meditation that i'm able to actually receive this stuff again yeah whereas i think i could receive that when i was younger but yeah. more out because I was like doing drugs and, and I was kind of disassociating in a different way, but not in a healthy way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was coming through then, but like all through the time when I was living this normal corporate life, I had nothing. I literally was dry as a bone. I had nothing like that really. Only the yeah. odd. Were you well, doing art then at all? Like well, were you drawing or sketching? Career. Yeah, I, I did an illustration degree and then I became a graphic designer um, and then I sort of just climbed the corporate ladder um, sort of went into design management and worked sort of quite <clears throat> okay so you were doing art but art was like it was commercial it was for somebody else it was commercial it wasn't like yeah it wasn't I mean, there were moments personal. like I would still like have a sketchbook and sketch out ideas for projects and stuff and look I'm looking at those occasionally there's there's like little symbols and stuff crop in and I'm like oh okay you know still trying to get through <laughs> Um, but people could argue, well, you know, that's that's just grabbing at straws, trying to make a connection that isn't there. But I know my process and I, but really, I think I was just so caught up in, I, I was just living, I completely kind of shut down that part of my life. I think it also, I've been thinking a lot about this with relation to, if I do get the autism diagnosis, I definitely remember there's a point where I was like, I don't think I can be my authentic self 
it doesn't fit. So I remember at that point, like what I used to say, put I put a wall up, um, but I think now that's just called masking. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided that, well, I'm going to have to become a different person. And I literally remember thinking, I'm going to have to learn how to communicate with people. I'm going to learn how to like copy what other people do to be successful. Um, so I did that, but it was kind of exhausting, you know, <laughs> and I frequently. Yeah. Get out. yeah, I think it is. I think the, I mean, I don't know, I guess I, I've, <clears throat> I felt some of that myself because uh, I, I, I guess, I don't know. I had ADHD diagnosed. I'm neurodivergent. I, so huh. I've always kind of had this, like just a lot of like, just a lot of like inner dialogue, a lot of, of thoughts, mm. like constant, mm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't, I've always been very like, emotionally and like whatever like socially I'm like fine you know like I never felt like I mean I I did feel different than other people but I never was Mm -hmm. like unable to like get along you know Mm -hmm. like I could always like make friends and and pretty much you know like (laughs) I isolate myself a lot more now I think but I guess I'm just saying that to say like I had a point hold on See, this is the ADHD thing where yeah. like I start talking about something and then I have to like come yeah. back to where I, where I was going. But but I think that there's something about like, oh, just that I've like, I've been close to people. I've had like boyfriends who I think probably are like somewhere on the like autism spectrum uh-huh. where it's like, I think it is so exhausting for them to like train themselves to like yeah. fit in and it causes like more trouble when they try to yeah. do that. Like the more they try to like mask and fit in, the more exhausted they are, yeah. and more likely they are to like literally like blow <laughs> up. You, relate to that. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just not, it's not healthy. Yeah. Cause I, I, I hate this attitude that like, um, Oh, you just, it makes you sound unfriendly. Cause I think I am pretty friendly. You are. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say you are. <laughs> yeah. And I can, you know, but this is probably my uh, specialist topic. So, <laughs> I'm happy to talk about it all night long. Uh, if you put me in a room with things that I don't want to talk about, then I'd be dry. <laughs> it would be, I would literally be, yeah, struggling. Well, I think I, mean, I think I- you need stimulation. You know, you need something that like gets the juices flowing when yeah. it's something that's. Bo- it's like when somebody <laughs> tries to talk to me about the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, I give two shits. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I, don't- I love how Pete's like. I already I, like automatically think like ADHD is like you can only be really you know excited and invigorated by something you really like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can I can hyper focus all yeah. day. Yeah, I'm like really into it or like really like want to know. And I like I can go down a rabbit hole for days if I want to. But yeah. then like when it comes to like when it came to schoolwork, like. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck about math. Yeah. Like I didn't around. fucking care, yeah. and I, I was, I wasn't bad at it. Like I'm, yeah. a, well, no, I was fairly like, smart. I just didn't point. want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like that as well. I, yeah. I, you know, everyone was saying, "Oh, she could do so well." It's all that. Oh my god, the, the potential the you potential. have! Like yeah, all the teachers have told me how much potential I, I have if I would just put my I mind to it. Yeah, yeah, heard all that. Yeah, no, I did okay at school, um, but I just knew I could do way better, but I just was couldn't be bothered because I was like, I'm going to art college and I don't need to bother. So, I'm Yeah, but like you could look at like, to me, kind of, I look at ADHD as almost like a higher evolution because it's like it forces it you. <laughs> what? I think it's a gift. Yeah, yeah but it forces you to like be more in your authentic self because you're. 
Yeah, you have it's to. It's like because... you only focus on what you want to focus yeah. on. You also, like well, the burnout is real. What'd like, you say? I, mean, I was just saying because you were mentioning about your ex-boyfriend. Like the, For me, the burnout is real. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally now as I'm getting older as well, I can't literally apply myself to anything that I don't – it doesn't give me energy because I, I, I literally have to take a day off in between. And that sounds dramatic, but no, I, my I, body hurts I and understand. my brain is shut down. And it's like, I spent like years – thinking I was crazy there was something really wrong with me for like being so exhausted but I'm like I was doing this social work job where I'm just like dealing with tons of people and I loved parts of it Mm -hmm. like I loved connecting with people and helping Mm -hmm. them and that sort of thing but it took so much out of me and I had no time to recover ever and so now like even this like even you know just going to a party like I need that like I need downtime you know like I do need to recover if I have to go be around people like it sounds it does sound crazy but it's not I think I'm on here like I was was, end of the day for me I'm quite tired but like now I feel really energized because no I know but what I'm saying I think if you are neurodivergent or I don't know I think more people are like that in that way you you, you tune into that energy of you know who you're with and and I could stay up all night all day um be up all night with people who invigorate you know what I mean (laughs) my mind and and in that way then you it's like you tap into a different kind of energy what what does neurodivergent mean anyway I, i'm i've heard the the term but i don't really know exactly what it is well it's just it's just people that are of a sort of alternative their brain works in a different way on the spectrum you know i'm not really good at describing it because i don't think i couldn't define it either it's a fairly new term I'm like yeah, I, I I don't know like or it's a, like a generalized statement to cover people you know who have ADHD or autism so you don't have to specifically say you're one thing or the other yeah. or um, dyslexia also is neurodivergent yeah. like that's a really good example because it's like your brain just flip flops letters you know and it makes it hard to read it makes yeah. it hard to like uh, write and like yeah. you know uh, or even like your you will like flip flop words like. Yeah. If you're like writing a sentence or speaking yeah, a sentence, you know, like dyslexia is a good example because it's just like your brain just functions differently than it's yeah. kind of supposed to. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just, I suppose, I don't know statistically how many people have a neuronormative brain <laughs> compared to neurodivergent, but I think it's just a generalized term to explain that, you know, your brain processes information differently generally. I think that's. Well, I, that's I feel like more creative people definitely, you know, use their brain differently, obviously. But even mm. like doing spiritual work, I know like mm. when I do mediumship or I'm doing teaching a class or something, I can't remember anybody's name. I could be friends with them for 20 yeah. years and I like yeah. that part of my brain just shuts off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting because I think when you're, are you talking about like when you're doing the mediumship or just generally? Just it. In any like, if I'm in that space, yeah, you know, like if I'm teaching a class, the energy's there, so I'm sitting in that space, yeah. And oh, whether it's the energy does something in my body where it shuts, I want to talk down. about that because I'm like the reason one of the reasons why when I started to re-explore my spirituality, which was about 2015, when I my mum died and I left my husband, basically, I thought right, I'm going, I'm free now, I can do what I want. <laughs> um, yeah. so, Oh, no, but I literally had no one that influence of you know around me, and I thought I can be as weird as I want now. 
Um, so yeah, I went to spiritualist group and I learned mediumship and I, and then I became really fascinated about, cause I think it is very much like you said, like creative people use the same channel because when I do mediumship work or spiritual work, it, I'm exactly the same as you. I, I can't even remember what I've channeled. Yeah. And That's people will say like afterwards, they'll, they'll, I'll say you have to make notes or I'll record it. Cause I will not remember like mm -hmm. within two minutes afterwards, it will be gone. Like it's coming yeah. through me. Um, and the do same you think that's, that's in that way. Yeah. Do you think it's from you stepping back in yeah. a sense, or do you think it's because your brain is it, shut off? It's the same thing. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. I'm this Erling. I mean, there's all these different brainwaves. I don't know which ones they are. Is it like alpha brainwaves? Uh, theta is like theta. meditation. Like Yeah. It's the one where you're, I don't know. Well, supposedly it's, people not, with like neurodivergent brains or like ADHD or on the autism spectrum, like they, ex they experience the theta brainwave state more than average, which I don't really like. And so I, th I think that goes back to what you're saying, like more creative people, people who are like, yeah. uh, you know, more spiritually connected, whether they're channeling or, or if they're just very intuitive, like I've, I feel like I've always been a very like, intuitive person, like naturally, yeah. I kind of know what's tr like, I, I don't know. I feel like I just kind of oh, know what's true and what's not I when, <laughs> I'm, when I'm entering in that space. Cause you'd relate to this. Cause I'm, my brain is normally hella busy. I, I my brain does not stop all day long like, I'm, I'm, I feel like not, we're gonna be good friends yeah no but my I'm literally like churning out it's just it's just crap isn't it it's just going around your head constantly and unfortunately when I say that I've managed to like quiet the inner critic I just mean it's not so negative for me anymore but when I'm channeling that all stops it's really weird mm -hmm. yeah and it's it, almost like you when you like you are super capable of like shutting it down. You just oh. like, you just don't for some reason, like you're, I can't. you're used to it. I don't know. That's how I feel. It's like, I know oh, I can shut like, it off. I just meditating. Like, yeah. People with ADHD say, Oh, I can't meditate. But like, I think, I don't know whether it's happened because I've had certain experiences in my life where it's kind of happened by chance that I kind of know what it feels like to, switch my brain off in that way mm -hmm. so I kind of know what to aim for if that, no, no, <laughs> it's really weird it's like I almost feel like I'm closing a door to something and when I think to myself right I'm gonna look at my through my third eye now and that sounds really cheesy but it's almost like I it's like watching a movie screen and like my perception changes it's really odd mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to describe but and then I can start to focus like into the blackness and you start to see, you know, like the inside shapes on your eyeballs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Oh my God. You're Yeah. And then I don't think I realized like I don't know, I had a I was seeing a therapist for a while who really encouraged me to meditate. He was kind of like woo woo or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. um he really encouraged me to meditate and he kind of took this like Buddhist angle on, you know, psychotherapy or whatever. Yeah. And when I started to figure out that like when I like really just like close my eyes and uh -huh. don't like I like let the thought like there are obviously thoughts in my head all the time yeah. when I'm not thinking about the thoughts I'm having when I'm not like when I'm just like letting them go <laughs> and not you know 
thinking more deeply about them, analyzing. Mm. Like that was the problem. Mm. I think I was always like analyzing all the thoughts yeah. I was having and like, what does this mean? But when I finally like learned to stop doing that, I could like, yeah, start like seeing in, you know, into my third eye images, shapes. Yeah. Like, I, I had a, like, I mean, I've had like some experiences where I feel like I had a vision, you know, mm. like of, of the future. Um, Wow. You know, like, but, and it hasn't happened yet. I don't know, you know, but at least like, at least it was like this thing, like it was almost like dreaming while I was awake, you know, it's not something that happens all the time, but I think it was meditation that like taught me like, that I can't, like, I do know exactly how to turn off like the inner monologue, the inner critic. Like I don't need to be, I don't need to have a million thoughts when I'm just like brushing my teeth in the morning, you know, like I don't have to, whatever thoughts are happening, like they probably don't mean anything. And I used to just be very attached to all the things I was thinking. Like, I think my therapist would always say like, you can't believe everything you think. And it was just like his little like (laughs) mantra to me, but it was really helpful because before that I kind of believed everything I thought as truth. Well, that's I mean, not to blow my own trumpet, but that's the very um, perspective that got. I had a viral TikTok that was on this very subject. Oh yeah, cool. And it's like, well, it's nearly seven million views now. But it's basically, I said this one thing will change your life, and it was exactly that. It was saying, when you realise it's not just how did I word it. It was like, you're you're not your thoughts. Basically, that voice in your head isn't you. Yeah. <laughs> You, you can observe you, that you, you know, observe like, yourself having the thoughts and I see my brain like a machine having thoughts and that freaked so many people out it just they were like whoa <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're giving someone an existential crisis straight away I didn't know how to tell myself that you know like I feel like you you probably like went through a lot to get to a point where you could like figure that out on your own yeah. but, but oh, when he told that to me I was like oh my god like it clicked like immediately I was like wow like Mm. I mean, it didn't change my whole life immediately, but it did. It did click. It felt true. It felt like real. You know. Well, I think it does resonate with a lot of people because when I said I've done that video, and a lot of people just like, "Hang on, actually, yeah." Do you know what I mean? I'm not my thoughts. What? Yeah, (laughs) it seems so simple. So attached to identity, our ego is attached to that thinking, and, and and that's where all the negative, you know. And as far as I'm concerned, the brain is just. A mechanism to keep us safe and thoughts to me you know they're useful in some respects but generally not very useful <laughs> <laughs> not, though. I I just don't trust with any of my thoughts half the time you know to me you know I have to, I mean I've done a lot of work on learning different spiritual practices and stuff and Pete and I have discussed a lot of that kind of thing over the years we've all experimented and explored stuff how did you guys meet? Like, how, did you meet online, or like, how do you how do you know each other? I yeah, know. I think we met. Yeah, it must have been quite a few years ago. Now, it must be. I don't know. It's probably been like almost five years or something. I think even years. longer than that. Because I was thinking actually about when I was in the ice bath. Something a memory came up, but now I can't think what it was and how long ago it was. But I remember thinking this memory popped up and I remember thinking, yeah, that must be about five or six years ago. But I I don't remember actually how, Oh, I found you actually, I found your page and that probably was one of quite early on in my spiritual reawakening. Um, and I thought I was really into exploring shamanism at that time. And I thought, wow, this guy sounds really cool. Um, so I stalked your page <laughs> 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 for, for a few days. And, and I think I might've, 
like written you a message or something. I think we just started talking from that point. But um, yeah, I remember. I think we did like drum journeys together. Yeah, that stuff. was bonkers yeah. because you said because I I think I might have because I'm cheeky as fuck and I always say like. <laughs> can you do this for me? <laughs> and you said, oh yeah, well, we'll do a journey because you were doing a lot of drumming on, on your page then, weren't you? Yeah, I At think the- so. Yeah. And then yeah. I think we did journeys for each other or something like that. I feel like that's how you make all your friends. It's like you, <laughs> you do like clearing work on them or you do, um, you know, yeah. Shamanic. Cause I feel like, I mean, I've definitely, we've done a few shamanic journeys together and you've done clearing work on me and um i felt like i felt a difference you know i felt a shift uh, oh, yeah, definitely. it's like a it's a nice thing to do for your friends i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah i, well, I don't know i feel like people come to me for a reason you know? people find you they really do i definitely did like i i think i found you on tiktok and you were talking about like having an off-grid community and i'm like well that's been my dream for like six years yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> I know Pete's always like saying, "Come to the states," and I'm just like, "Yeah, that's that's really hard to get into the states, and it's kind of quite expensive with three children." Yeah, yeah. but you yeah, no. to the next, uh, you should come to the next. Um, no, that. You yeah, can visit. You can come to visit right now. Yeah, it'll work uh, well, out. I'm I'm working on my uh, passive income streams, as I told you, Pete. Yeah. So maybe, maybe soon. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> I'm, well, I'm working on actual income like regular income streams and passive ones yeah. neither is going very well for me at the moment but i think yeah, that, don't say that we've got to say i think that. you have to i think you have to just believe that it's gonna happen like i don't I think know it's happening like, so because I, yeah. I have like a lot of money mindset or i have done tons of money mindset work but um yeah i think i I, it is slowly turning around for me, but I, I, I'm kind of in a state of my life now because I got divorced like a few years ago that it's taken me a long time to actually try and actually be a grown up on my own. It's um, it's tough, you know, being a single parent, three kids, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I don't have a lot of support around me. Um, and I don't know, it's it's tough anyway for anyone in that situation. But you know, I I'm quite a competitive person i think well i don't want to just survive i want to be thriving you know like your mum yeah something decent for your kids so yeah i am you know but then uh, there's one side of me that is i think it's like i said before about like the pathological demand avoidance as soon as someone imposes this sort of regime of like oh well you know part of the sort of capitalist world then i'm instantly reject it and i'm like i don't want to be part of that well, that's how I feel when, I get, when someone tells me what to do, you know, like if, ah. if anyone gives me a direction, I'm like automatically like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and, and so what did you call it? Pathological demand avoidance. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I've never heard that phrase before, but yeah. that's, that is how it feels. Like I just will not be demanded. Nothing can be demanded of me like that. Like I don't I, like I, I, I honestly, that I've he been like that my whole life. And anytime anyone says, Hey, why didn't you do this? I was like, that was my idea, and now I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? that's very Aquarian, though. I feel yeah. like I, anytime anybody tells me what to do, I do the opposite. Yeah. Like it's, I've consciously worked on it because sometimes, like even at work, like somebody yeah. would be like, "Oh, can you do this?" and I'll be like, "No, I'm actually going to do the opposite of what you yeah. want me to well, do." Okay, so with my like, you know, ch- like with the kind of issues I have with 
ADHD. I hate even labeling myself with like ADHD, oh, no. but it, it's the only way to like describe it. It's you, I have yeah. to have a word to like describe yeah. the fact that I'm like disorganized and I'm always, always late. Yeah. So, but people like love to suggest that I like get a planner and I'm like, mm-hmm. if a planner helped, like you, you never thought, like I thought of that fucking before. Oh, like I, God. I definitely have tried it's having a planner me, and I, I will funny. write everything in my planner and I will have it. I will have my week measured out by the minute, but it doesn't ever go that way. And it doesn't help me. It doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> you know, like if that was going to solve my whole life, like you think I, I would have figured it out by now? For like <laughs> I life coach my life until I realized that, you know, that's not going to work. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I think yeah, it is now some- I'm like, I hate it when people do that. I to just me. think I know best for myself, and I think well, everyone does. That's, you know, like nobody can. I don't like when people try to give me advice too much because I just feel like I'm gonna know what's right for me, and it's like I don't know. I I I'm, I don't I don't know what it is. There's a there's a resistance to authority for sure. But then like that's a thing. <laughs> you know, I've talked to Pete quite a lot about this about. Well, maybe it's just like Pete said, you know, we're just maybe some sort of generation of people that are here to affect change. And, and maybe we are in this time of change and shifting into a new way of living, mm-hmm. in which case we would be in perfectly right place and, and, and there would be nothing wrong with us, you know, um, with approach and the way that our brain works and the way we want to live. And that's kind of the way that I'm living my life at the moment. So outwardly, people might look at me and think, well, she's not doing very well, but I'm actually choosing I'm living quite a free life at the moment mm-hmm. um, and it might not seem like a capitalist success but I've had that life and it didn't bring me any joy and I'm not saying I, I'm not one of spiritual people that doesn't want to make money I want to have freedom more freedom and more mm-hmm. pleasure <laughs> obviously so yeah I'm you know I, I truly believe and I, I think like I do believe in manifestation I do believe it will create our reality that is my worldview yeah and I have noticed that I'll have little thoughts like I mean I've talked about this with Pete as well like I'll think oh I'm kind of like I just want to be able to like earn money doing nothing right? <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so refreshing to hear someone else say that <laughs> that's what everyone thinks and then like things come up like I've discovered like it sounds really cheesy but like affiliate marketing or there are tons of things now you can do where you literally set something up and it just earns you money in the background um and I'm sure that's evolving all the time it's like things that I would never have imagined five years ago are now here you know I think I think on, you know, it's speeding up a lot because there are, you know, or I because so, I have this very good discipline now. I've trained myself to sit, get up early. And this is a big deal for me and to like meditate and I journal every day. So I've got a record because I've got ADHD brain. I forget everything. So now I've actually got a record of like things that I've asked for, asked the universe for. Yeah. And I'll look back even a few weeks ago and I go, oh, I asked for that. And actually now I'm looking at I love looking back at my journals too. Yeah. It's like it's um, amazing what I've like, you know, I don't know. I was saying to Pete today, like I've wanted to have a podcast forever. And like somehow like Yeah, now you're doing it. I it's willed like- this into my life, you know, and it's actually like really fun. But do you yeah. feel also that there was a time that you really wanted to do it but it didn't feel right? And now it just feels quite easy. Yeah. No, there was definitely a time where I was like I should. I want to do this, but like I 
I didn't feel like I could do it on my own. Mm. I didn't feel like I had any like like who wants to listen to what I have to say you know? <laughs> and and somehow like I met Pete and we like were kind of like do you want to do a podcast you know like yeah. I'm like oh, yeah. now you're doing yes it. absolutely yeah, and, and I think you know the people who listen to it like it and and it's it's cool I feel like I I definitely feel like I manifested this into my life well, but it, okay. it took it took some time you know it took several years for me to believe that it was possible um, and it also took getting some things out of my life, like letting go of some things and some attachments that I had. I think like some, you know, what I thought was I had to change my priorities, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I think I think it, it's just interesting to like look back at like what, you know, what you asked the universe for and, yeah, and how it's kind different. of come come about like now. Yeah, and but, it's not like a just a cheesy gratitude practice it's just like i think um i mean i remember when like the internet was invented like in 1989 and i remember thinking because i just left university i remember thinking oh my fucking god this is going to revolutionize the world and i was like raving about it to everyone and everyone's like what are you talking about like no one understood no, no one was into the internet at all <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, it's like I can make a website and I can talk to someone on the other side of the world. And to me, it was just like as an Aquarius as well. I was just like, I'm going to find my people. Aquarians <laughs> love technology. I know, and I was <laughs> like they love the Internet. Yeah. And I was just Maybe like, not. But like, well, I guess I just feel like they're very like savvy. I think they see kind of like trends like that. Like you see like what's coming in the yeah, future. So like, like advancing technology. I feel like Aquarians push technology to advance maybe is the better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, probably. Like we probably look at how, what it could do to maybe push society forward or evolve mm -hmm. things. I think maybe, like, I think we're quite inventive in using technology in, in you know, creative ways maybe. Um, but yeah, but the point yeah, I was trying to make definitely. was like when I was 17 and I was having that existential moment where I was in crisis and I just thought I just need to find my people and stuff. And, and then I was like, you know, I didn't have any idea that 10 years later I would have the internet and that would revolutionize things. And, you know, technology is speeding up and it's not just like, Oh, well, that's just the normal pace of life. What I'm saying is, yeah, it was slow. Then the, the pace of manifestation, it feels like now if I sit down, like I say, like a week ago and think, Oh, do you know what would make my life a little bit easier if I could just, um, uh, trying to think of an example now of something that I've thought of. Um, but you know, I don't know if I lived in the city, for example, like, Oh, I just, I just wish I could like have like some reasonably priced dinners delivered to my door, and then deliveries in, invented. You know, yes, simple <laughs> things like that that you just. And now you, you sort of think, well, that's just standard. But we forget how how huge of a deal that was at some point. Yeah, just like Uber or whatever. Like, be like, I wish I could like go out for a night and not have to drive myself around and yeah. like pay for parking and. <laughs> Well, I mean, so look at cell phones. Look at cell phones. I mean, yeah. I remember when I was in college, I had a girlfriend who was from Texas, and I would drop her off at the airport, and uh -huh. it was such a pain in the ass because you had to, like, the police would, like, push you through if you were sitting there too long, and you would have to keep circling and circling until she got <laughs> off the plane. And, like, sometimes I'd be there for, like, 45 minutes if she was, like, delayed or something. And now it's like, I remember towards the end of college, they had the cell phones and I would just be like, oh, are you there? And then I would go, you know, it was like something sure. as stupid as that. 
But now, oh, no, airports now they have a cell waiting area where you wait. You literally wait in a parking lot to yeah. like until someone texts you. <laughs> yeah, and then now I go to like a meeting with at work, and everybody's just like texting on their cell phone. I'm just like, like, what have we become? You know, it's like yeah. nobody's oh, yeah. even it, it. But like you, you saw it coming, but you kind of now you kind of like hate it a little. <laughs> I can't. I love. I have a love hate relationship yeah. with social Same. media and my cell phone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think I like the connections I make with people, but I, as far as the rest of it, I don't love it. It stresses me out. Like, I think if you've got ADHD or you want the brains wired that way, like when I first got a touch screen phone and I could access apps and stuff like that, I was like, oh my god, this is great! I can like stim on my phone forever, and like it gives me. Uh, dopamine hits yeah um yeah and I was like I was loving it I was like oh, I feel great <laughs> you know? um but now it's just like you kind of feel frenzied doing it and mm-hmm. I think you get quite wired if you're a bit like neurodivergent it'll give like, me anxiety like for yeah sure. like I'll like yeah, if, my, if my phone goes off like I immediately have this like pit in my stomach yeah. a little you're bit it was, you know. yeah yeah it's yeah, just too it's much and I I definitely have had like TikTok days. I've lo- I've lost to TikTok, and I've gone. I felt gross afterwards. So I'll be like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Lost like, the day of my life. That's so real. I think. I mean, Pete and I have both kind of like put TikTok to bed. Um, and I feel like I mean I didn't have like a ton of success on TikTok, and mm. I was never very consistent with like making content on there. Just I because because it always kind of made me feel gross, and I think yeah. whenever I would like get on and like see videos, it would stress me out. Like I'm like yeah. if I hear one more girl whispering about like <laughs> you know <laughs> I told you this earlier, but if I hear one more girl like whisper in a calm voice about like you know whatever I need to do to change my life like (laughs) it's like I'm gonna have like I'm going to have a panic attack and like this actually happened to me like I had a panic attack recently because my friend was showing me this video um of some you know guy talking about like I don't know like how to rewire your brain or whatever and and it was just some like spiritual shit that like I've heard it I don't want to hear it ever 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 again and (laughs) years ago like I don't know back in the days I was talking about those artists that were channeling stuff like you just have no stimulation around you you would have nothing mm-hmm. you'd have a newspaper and you just think the pace of everything was so slow um and now I I, I kind of remember when I first started I, I moved to London and I was doing my design job and I was commuting like an hour to and from work both and I just thought oh my god I'm so overstimulated just by like all the advertising and noise and you know and I just think our brains have had to evolve and cope with so much, you know, that we don't give credit for really. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think no wonder we're all kind of struggling to concentrate. What were, what were you going to say, Pete? You were going to like jump in yeah. earlier. And- I forget, but I was just, when you were talking now, I was thinking like, think about like sexually, like from like mm. cavemen to now, or even like the 1800s, like, mm. The average man, how many how many boobies did he see? Like now, <laughs> now you go I'm on kidding. Instagram and it's like boobies, 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 boobies galore. Yeah, and you're just like, <laughs> oh my god! Like you're telling, like they're saying, like, oh, our boobies, testosterone's color. affected and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, like think about oh, like how much stimulation. 
it's well, a lot. Yeah. It's different for me. The kind of stimulation I get on my feed is not necessarily boobies all the time. <laughs> Who says boobies anyway? <laughs> Sorry, I have to give you a little bit of shit for that. My, my feed is boobies and food. That's pretty much my boobies feed. Boobies and food? So I'm hungry. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I try not to like, yeah, like both of those things I kind of try to avoid. Um, although I do really like watching like people make like Korean food or like like I'm for some reason I just like, say really want to go to <laughs> no not Korean porn no I do I like any kind of Asian food for some reason like I've been craving that lately um, like yeah like Szechuan or Korean food oh, yeah, or, like Thai good. food even like I just want I just want to like learn how to make those things but and be penetrated by a tentacle. <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, that's not. I don't go. I don't go to that like level with it. <laughs> I just wanna. I just wanna like go. I just wanna go to like the Seven Eleven and and like eat whatever like weird things they have. Oh. <laughs> I love I mean, those. My kids are really into like watching um, Asian food, mm-hmm. not the other thing. I don't know why it's interesting. I guess just because it's kind of so different than like the. I don't know. I don't know. Like. I don't know what it is, but it, my mouth like literally waters <laughs> watching I a, people like. I had like a half Chinese boyfriend for quite a few years when I was at uni, and uh, I feel quite satiated by my Chinese food influence in that department. Yeah, sentimental. Well, we don't have we don't have real Chinese food in America. Like, <laughs> like that doesn't it barely mm. exists. Like it's hard to find. I, I don't know. New York. In New York, yes, but I live in the South. Like we don't have, we have yeah. sweet and yeah. sour chicken, you know. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah, not America. I am. I've only been to America once, but yeah, it's it's not. Uh, well, unless you're going to go to like Texas for barbecue or something, I don't know. Uh, yeah, unless you're uh, no, uh, Texas is not where you want to go to bar for barbecue. Really? You want to go to Memphis. So <laughs> hey, what it, Texas barbecue is good. That's all I know. Just the cliches. <laughs> um, so uh should we get back on track yeah sorry yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> i derailed this with food I'm, i guess i'm um, hungry where do we want to go with this i was ask me a what question. do you think into, we're talking about manifestation and you're yeah. you know we always talk about like manifesting a partner yeah. like what do you or do you have any thoughts on that like i know you you're in the dating uh realm or whatever but i feel like there's um, a lot of uh, what in general, or for me personally? Yeah, in general, you personally, whatever you want to talk about. Um, oh god, it's going to sound like I'm advertising for to be magnetic now, because we we've done a lot of that work, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Between us, um, I don't know. I've got I've gone very cynical of the dating world. I don't know if it's a good question to ask right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, it's it's space. Feel more comfortable. Oh, I have, like. I have my own issues with like the dating world and like yeah. whatever. Like I can't, I can't do online dating. It no. it's super stressful to me. I've had some. Yeah, like, I had tried like la- back last year. I guess that like I tried to like put myself back on dating apps and like mm-hmm. it immediately became like scary. <laughs> like people very, like leaving scary like, voicemails and like creeping me out. You know, I just I was like no, not we're not doing that. Um. Yeah, There's I think reason. I don't know. I've talked a lot about that on TikTok actually, and I think especially women in my age group. I mean, I'm 48, Gen X. Um, I I think there are just a lot of 
I don't know what's going on between the masculines and the feminines at the moment, but um, it just feels like there's a big divide. There is. Um, I mean, there's always kind of been that going on. Um, and there are some very sort of cliche ideas around it. Um, and, but it, it does feel like there's a lot of polarising around, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get these kind of coaches, male coaches that are talking about masculinity and then they're saying for femininity. And, oh, my God. Yeah. And I'm it's just worse. like, like it's, I just... I don't and I just think you like can it. divide it like like I yeah. I mean obviously there is a duality like men and women are different and that's okay but like the the kind of demonizing of one side or the other like who does that serve yeah. it doesn't serve anyone well I've been know? man bashing quite a lot recently and I I kind of feel a bit guilty about it but I don't because I I don't know I think my view is um I suppose I've always met my partners naturally in my life before I got married you know I you know you go I'm quite old-fashioned you'd go to a party or you know someone through a friend or you'd be working with someone and I've never had to date anyone until I you know split up with my husband and I suppose when I first started dating eight years ago I I even felt it wasn't as bad as it is now in terms of um sort of attitudes uh generally like the first few people that I dated at that time were actually pretty decent guys um you know it didn't work out because my kids were little and they didn't really want to be dads and stuff like that so and I was just wanting to have a bit of fun um but I think I don't know whether it's just my perspective I mean I know I've grown a lot and changed a lot and my perspective on life has changed and what I want from a partner has changed as I've got older as well Mm -hmm. because I don't have that biological thing where I need to find a man for a husband or a dad or anything like that so I'm in this weird space at the moment I suppose I mean you look want me to look at it from a manifestation point of view I mean I do I do believe that it's entirely possible for me to find the perfect person for me but I don't really believe in the one um I believe there are many ones you know you can have over your lifetime I don't believe that I'm going to necessarily find one person that I I might do I might but the way I look upon it is because I'm someone that evolves so much all the time that I would probably have to meet someone, you know, in long-term relationships all face this. It's like, do you evolve together? Are you Because there will come times where you're pulling together and pulling apart as you do different, different jobs and you've got different phases of your life and everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it works for you throughout your whole life. And, we, you know, you get those examples where people stay together for 50, 60 years and that's wonderful for them. For them. Yeah. But I wonder whether that will ever be the case for me just because I know myself so well and how much, um, actually a lot of people that I've dated have said, oh, you'll just get bored of me. And to be honest, I do get bored. I get bored too. I yeah, do. I, think- I get bored. I'm like, I am so tired of like, I don't, I almost feel like I've dated like people who are like, a, I don't know. It's like they're an archetype or something and they just, yeah. they represent something that I need, yeah. some lesson I need yeah. to learn, but I get yeah. sick and fucking yeah. tired of it. <laughs> you know, like they're not. Gotta learn your you know. lesson. <laughs> I know. No, I do. I have, I have, I've been single for a long time. Like I, I like, didn't have sex for like almost a year <laughs> like I really did like mm-hmm. I-, I was always like a serial monogamous like I always had mm-hmm. a boyfriend or like a you know whatever like I would go back and forth between like ex-boyfriends like mm-hmm. <laughs> for like four years or something I would mm-hmm. go back and forth between the same like two guys that were both wrong for me 
And mm-hmm. I had a tarot reader in New Orleans like tell me this on it was like a Friday the 13th. This is a totally mm-hmm. different story, but it was a Friday the 13th. I was like, I'm going to get I'm going to get a reading, you know, like I it's a, it's a you know, it's a weird day. So I go to get a tarot reading. She tells me like both of these dudes are wrong for you. And I continued for like two more years to like go back and forth between the two of them. Uh, and but just because I didn't want to be by myself and I didn't know how to be by myself. And I was scared of like facing myself, I guess. Yeah. And then the universe kind of forced that um, upon me. Like it, it forced me to like make a decision and, and be by myself and, whatever and yeah and like that's been like the last two or three years or yeah like the last two years I've been very like alone uh and but do you find I said I tried to put myself out there I just don't you feel a bit like you kind of love your own company now (laughs) I like my own company better it's my life is peaceful I think if I if I'm going to meet someone it's going to be organically like out in the world like they'll they'll they will like if I'm going to meet someone they will appear in my life I know that like I know I don't need to go seeking online like dating things because that Mm. doesn't go well for me and I'm not looking for like hooking up like I'm not interested in that like I've done that I was I had my 20s you know (laughs) like I did that Um, like in like to be magnetic which is the the sort of manifestation subscription service that Pete and I do this oh yeah no I I need to like look more into that yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, I've, there's, they have separate workshops for different areas of your life, and I've done the sort of love and relationship one, and and it sort of says, well, they say on there it's fine to use dating sites, um, that the universe will kind of send you what you need, mm-hmm. um, as and when through what means whatever, and I, I kind of have swung sort of both ways. Sometimes I thought, oh well, I'm never going to meet anyone where I live because I live in the middle of nowhere. And then other times where I'm like you and I'm just like, oh, I just want it to happen organically and naturally and feel like I'm getting to know someone in person, you know, the, the old fashioned way. Um, the old fashioned way. I mean, that's what most and it like. I think, well, I, I, think I think there's one guy that I actually dated from an online like I met him on OkCupid and but we only really dated for like four months and it didn't you know we were in different places in our lives like Mm -hmm. he was a good bit older than I was we were just in different places um wanting Mm -hmm. different things and I'm I (laughs) kind of a high maintenance like partner I think I kind of need a lot of attention and he just like couldn't do that he's a nice guy like we're sort of still friends (laughs) but but like that's the only time like every other person I've ever dated has been like I met them like they sat behind me in in, uh you know my literature class or uh they were my friend's brother or whatever you know that question because um I literally always go to him with my men troubles (laughs) he's a good he's he's a good one because he actually has like a loving like successful marriage I I don't know like I don't know a lot of people who have that yeah, and he I'm sure he probably despairs every time I come back to him and say, No, oh, you're no he loves it. I love it. Don't worry, I love it. I know, but I've yeah, I've I've been crying on his shoulder quite a few times, you know. Um Yeah, I mean I, I, do, I mean Pete Pete is also he doesn't 
take any shit either he'll say to me well what is this reflecting what do you need to learn and like, yeah like how is this your fault kind of what i need to hear right now yeah <laughs> i know what i'm gonna get from pete so i can know if i need to hear some truth you know um yeah i do believe that i on some level i do believe that i'm i manifest what what I'm projecting or mirroring and what I need to learn, all of that stuff. But then I also think like, I don't know if I hundred percent believe that I'm fully in control of that. Like I do believe that universe also is colluding as a, you know, as a collective that I'm not actually, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent in the belief that I control everything, you know? Um, yeah. There's, um, there's things that you, I I was thinking about this today, actually. Pete, go ahead. You're going to say something. Oh, no. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, actually somebody was talking to me. A friend was talking to me last night about, like, just relationships. And she was, like, kind of struggling with, like, she's not finding anybody who matches her energy. And I don't know if this is the best comparison or the best um, metaphor, but... I told her like finding a partner is kind of like finding a house in a sense is like every house you go to, there's going to be something you're never going to find like the perfect house. It's about yeah. like how much love and, you know, work you put into the relationship. Like I feel like me and Colleen always, my wife has, yeah. we've had ups and downs, but it's like, there's like a core value within us that like, yeah. we'll always try to like allow each other space to kind of figure things out and be supportive until like there's a full decision made i know know how to do like marriage i've had 15 years in a marriage and it's not like i'm expecting someone to turn up and codependently solve all my problems yeah no 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 i'm not even saying that i'm just saying in terms of like I know what you know. I'm not expecting this person to pitch up, and I'm going to go. Wow, you're everything on my list. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like I feel like a lot of people I talk to are like a lot no, of people I are. I, I think if anything, I probably I know that. I, yeah, I feel like me and Josephine are like both of us are like nah. We, we know that too much, you know. And I think they're yeah. not going to meet. They're not going to meet all the stand. They're not going to hit all the points, but yeah. No, but I, like, do I've they match them. your energy? <laughs> like, do they? like have the same value like I feel like I have just like I've like not always I think I did find someone who kind of like matched me um but at one point but like it just whatever like not gonna get into that (laughs) but I feel like since then I have found people who like didn't share my like core values like they were just not me like you know what I mean like like sort of like he was saying like he and Colleen kind of like they can give each other room to grow and like give each other room to like uh, yeah because figure things out but but ultimately there's a core like connection that trumps anything else you know and i i feel like that's i i find like the opposite of that i feel like there's always a core thing that like we just don't connect on and it's it's like never gonna go the way it's Pete never going to go the way I want it to because there's this core issue that's never going to get resolved, you know? Yeah, same. I think you you have to want to be together. <laughs> you have to have a strong desire to want to build with that person. 
and the same i've i've never met someone since my marriage where that person would be like i don't really care if you're neurodivergent i don't care you've got kids i don't care that you're not perfect i i love you or i, I see something in you that i want to build with you no one's ever s- sort of recognized that in me since and i've i think i'm more likely to recognize it in someone and be willing to compromise with someone mm-hmm. than i've found that they would for me and i think i have a lot of stop um, compromising right like well no it, it's like know, i don't know i feel like if you no, are willing to compromise and they are not no but in the hollywood you'd say oh you know he fell in love with her for who she was and he, you know even yeah. though she had three teenagers <laughs> and she wasn't earning great money and uh she was a bit weird and a bit crazy you know all these things that aren't normal in the society that puts me in slight not i it's not my belief that it puts me in a disadvantage but i've known i've seen people drop away when i've especially because I'm kind of going on this journey of unmasking and being more authentic. I know that if I go out into society and be a nice person and mask heavily, I could have pretty, you know, I could do, I could pick up a guy and I could live a masked life of pretense. Um, But I'm just not willing to do that. Yeah. I'm not willing to do that. And I think a, a woman of my generation, that's not often seen that much. Yeah. I think, well, I think, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, this has come up in my family recently like my grandma and and my my grandfather like died uh when I was young but she has been with this new I don't know they're not married they've been Mm -hmm. but they've been partners for a long long time and Mm -hmm. my mom was saying to me like that this I don't sorry grandma you're not gonna hear this but I feel bad almost saying it but Mm -hmm. like the central organizing principle of her life is having a man and 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 pleasing a man and she's she's an Aquarius Um, (laughs) and and (laughs) she has I think her birthday is the day after Pete's actually but anyway Uh um there's just like nothing she will submit she will do whatever nothing trumps like having a man and and that's the ultimate thing and she's a different generation than than any of us you know um and and she's she's from like east tennessee very rural like country poor like yeah she she grew up differently than i did or than any of us did you know with a been told that she couldn't make it in life without a man probably she yeah exactly she doesn't believe that and and no and what she was taught was that she could not yeah. make it in life without a man yeah. and yeah. and so my That's mom kind of broke out of that a little bit and I feel like I'm breaking up you know my mom broke out of <clears throat> that kind of thought process yeah you I know it took like- her longer than it took me like I kind of I'm I'm kind of okay like if I don't have a partner like I would love one I think I I do yeah well in a partnership like I like working with someone and loving someone and I have a lot of love to give but like it's not my priority in the way that it was when I was 21 or 25 even you know like I feel like I broke out of that mindset younger than even like my mom did or definitely than her mom did and I feel like maybe you're kind of there too where you're like well I I I just want to be my authentic self first I was pretty independent actually when I was younger and I didn't really think about being with a man or anything Mm. and I didn't even want to have kids for a long time and and uh but then I always had a boyfriend 
even though oh, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, I always had someone. I always and had I someone. Always do have someone, even now. Like, even <laughs> I always have like someone <laughs> knocking about. Um, but the thing is, I, I did want to say, love, though, you know, I I love men. I, I really love men's I company. Love men too. Yeah, and I I, I think people <laughs> often get the impression when I talk about things like this that I I you know I get a lot of feedback, especially on TikTok when I talk about these things. Like, oh, you're a lesbian. You hate men. I was like. I, I do not hate men. Like I think society has programmed us to behave certain ways. Yeah, which... I'm not even a yeah. Like I don't hate men either. I'm not like a man hating feminist. I just I've got two sons, and I think they're like amazing boys. And you know, mm. I I've had amazing men in my life, and I've got amazing male friends. And I I I just um yeah. I, I I'm not targeting men at all or saying it's just a problem with men i think it's it's something that's evolving in both on, on both sides at the moment mm-hmm. you know i think women are becoming more independent and, I, and we're all being challenged of you know what our roles are i think um and it, i do think it's something that's happening at the moment i'm sort of definitely picking yeah. up on that i mean more. i still i think i subscribe to pretty like traditional gender roles i guess like mm-hmm. you know i mean yeah, that's I, not how I was raised. I don't think, you know. I, I think. No, I don't. I don't. But I, I still have women or anything like that. I just don't. I've always liked men, and I think it was built on the foundation of having really good male friends as a mm-hmm. young girl. And though all of the boyfriends I had were basically friends beforehand, um, and I actually always got on better with men. Um, at a younger age but I think that was more about my fear around women but that was just some other mother wound shit that I had to work through yeah um, no I mean I, I think my really well with women now and I, I'm much easier with groups of women and I think I just uh, I had a lot of, there was a lot of bitchiness and I, I was kind of bullied and you know I I feared women more than men <laughs> I kind of found men to be a lot easier to get on with that makes sense that yeah, t- I mean, it makes perfect sense if you like. I I think a lot of yeah, women I think kind of you know, women can be really vicious, vicious in a way that men aren't. Um, Girls you know, are men so mean to each other. I had this like weird. Okay, so this, the elementary school I went to, <laughs> yeah, they they did this like I don't know. They did this weird experiment where they uh, split up the boys and the girls, and and so my my fifth and sixth grade. I don't know if that means anything to you, but like I was about mm. 10, 11, okay. 12 for yeah. like two years. I had an all girls class and it was fucking brutal. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so brutal. Like they put the boys in one class and the girls in oh, another. No. And I guess it was some kind of like, That's I don't tough. know, they were just doing a little Age study. Well. But it was whole, like, and I know well, a lot of guys. girls like go to all girls schools, but. I had never done that before or after. It was a public school that I went to, you know, like it wasn't a private school. They just decided they were going to do this experiment, I guess. I don't know. How did that work out? <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I had gone to school with a lot of the girls, like, my whole life, like, from preschool, like, uh-huh. into, you know, into, like, you know, we and you know from like yeah the age that, that we're age like, three tricky. four to like 10 11 so some of them that. i was friends with and like it was all fine but then other ones like i don't but know I had, I had bullies i think i was a bully i think you know we had different 
I don't I don't know. It's hard to explain, but but we we were brutal to each other and there was always like a there was like a triangle. Like there was like three of us that would be like friends one day and then one person would get kicked out the next day and like it would be a new th- a new <laughs> like little group. Like it was very clicky and very strange. Like I just thought it was so weird that they like did that and and I thought like how do you so mean to each other? You know, relate that to like the dark feminine though. Who must know what dark? Yes, absolutely. And I have that. Like, I definitely relate to the quote unquote like dark feminine, the more like manipulative, like bitchy kind of energy. (laughs) Like, I have that capability. A lot of that um, has been suppressed in society as well. I think you know, I said it's been made toxic, isn't it? So women get bitchy because. It's almost like you're not allowed to, it's like the Lilith energy, isn't it? It's like you're not allowed to express the power, your sexual power of, you know, all that manipulation. <laughs> That's you know. an interesting point. I don't know. Because, like, I was a kid, so I wasn't thinking in those, those no, terms no, at no, all. No. But... but I'm thinking about it now, like, because, at, at, you know, I've, we've all had those dynamics as women. Um, and I sort of mm-hmm. think, well, I've had definitely had times where I've been horrible and... But I think it was more learned behavior. Just it's like a survival. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think it came naturally to me. Like no, but I think, I think you learn it. There were times that you know, just gangs of really horrible, bullying, bitching girls. And you're just like, well, I'm going to either get completely pummeled, or you're going to have to become. Or you join. Yeah, you either beat them or that you join them or whatever. Yeah, but you don't or think that's like a primal. You don't think that's like a primal energy in a sense because it's like a, almost like yeah. a survival tactic. Yeah, but then it I'm- is. I think it's something you have to. Kind of, I think it's a coming of age or something. Like you have to almost go through this to. I was thinking this grow. the other day about how women, because I've been talking. So I've been talking about this a lot on TikTok about how we feel so disempowered generally in society, even though they've had the feminist movement. Generally, women aren't empowered. Really, we feel like we are in some areas, but if you think about equivalent to men, we're we're still not there. You know, and I think if you think how it's been how we've been suppressed for thousands of years and i think that almost was the only way that women could have power was through bitchiness (laughs) i'm just gonna drag you down like (laughs) like i'm gonna make you so miserable that you will do what i want (laughs) i know women and i've probably done it as well like bitchy to men and and um you definitely you know see some dynamics in like marriages, relationships, long-term relationships where she's in control, you can tell, and she's doing it through manipulative ways and it's it's disempowering. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I, I wonder think- there are men who feel like women are, you know, ruining their lives or whatever. Like, I think, because I think there are, like, there is just this disconnect between men and women. What What is it like that women where- ruining their life? Well, it's like I I think a lot of men have this perspective that women are manipulative and women are the choosers and they're like ultimately the deciders and there's like kind of um like a power play, but that's like mm-hmm. that's not I don't think that's reality. I think that's just how some people view reality because they've had some like experience, you know. Yeah, but you got to look at it like like it's like if you look at like survival like primal thoughts like if Mm. me and colleen got into a physical altercation like i'm naturally 
stronger men are naturally more stronger physically so it's like what how would women fight that they wouldn't fight it you physically. don't you can't they would and fight. that's like why men beat women is because like that's the only way that they feel like they can win you know like they mm -hmm. they feel like they have to assert their dominance in in this this way that they know that they have and i'm not i'm not like I'm not doing a victim blaming at all. That's not what I mean. I just mean like I think that there are men who like are so insecure that this is one way that they know they have over women, you know? I mean, I've every, not everyone, but the majority of people that I've had relationships with, I think um, once you get past all the ego stuff, um, they're, they're pretty vulnerable, um, mm -hmm. you know, and I think for a man to get close to a woman, um, and share some vulnerable stuff with her and then if he gets his heart broken like he finds it very hard to recover from that a lot of time and I think a lot of men struggle to open up again when that's mm -hmm. happened a few times yeah no I, um, I don't know Pete how do you feel like do you think that's true I think it's well, true based on my experience I'm trying like... to think of like the first time I like got my heart broken <laughs> I remember crying at like a dance when I was a kid because some girl broke up with me who I thought was like in love with me. But I think it was more like embarrassment than like. Well, I mean, like really, you know, some. Like as a grown up or like a. At yeah, least like a devastating breakup, like that's taken months, you know, to recover from. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think we talked about this in a sense, like, I feel like the men in society are more programmed to like for like sex and like more like competitive and this like like it's more of like a capitalist like mindset of like conquering like in my 20s i'm saying mm. and then like as i was older you know i was with Col you know i had one two serious relationships and i feel like it was like i was invested mm. in it like i wanted to Maybe be where to i was maybe it hasn't happened for you but i definitely have dated men that have especially if they've come out of divorce they're they're pretty broken and i'm not saying that divorce didn't break me on some level it did but i think women have more support or they find just through the very nature of being able to sort of express themselves emotionally and have friends and family that they can probably lean on but i think men coming out of divorce if it's been a bad one it's a lot of them almost decide on some mental level they're not going to go there again to that level. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's too much of a risk. I think, in, I think in general men are just like taught not to be emotional. I mean, I remember yeah. crying when I was a kid and my dad would be like, why are you crying? Like, you're not allowed to cry. Like, And I, I always remember like learning to like pride myself in not showing emotion. Yeah, well – but where does it go? Because it's not not there. Oh yeah, obviously. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's no, I'm just like I think it's like we're I'm taught that how that uh, trapped emotion or unexpressed emotion get leaks out as an expression towards women. In yeah, no, I would say it leaks out as anger because you're frustrated yeah. that you're not allowed to like release this. Yeah. And I would say the average, you know, teenager, male teenager expresses through anger. You know, I've how many friends I had who punched walls or like got into fist fights or like I remember getting into like martial arts because I had a lot of anger, even playing football. That's why I think I did so well in football was because I had this like 
suppressed anger towards, you know, my father for not allowing me to express the emotions as well as just the built up emotion of not being able to like share how I feel, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think like, that's just like a masculine thing of, you know, being like more, um, you know, like, controlling their environment, you I'm know? wondering like in sort of generations coming up, coming through whether you know, there's more gentle parenting now. Generally, I don't know whether I'm just being completely naive. No, I mean, <laughs> I feel like. I think I you're always, right. No, I feel like I don't. I think I remember my dad telling me he loved me once. And it was when, like, his dad died. Yeah. Jesus my, my parents, my parents never told me they loved me. Yeah. Like, so, like, I always go out of my way. Like, I go to work and I'm leaving at five o'clock. You know, I leave in an hour or whatever. I would I say I love you to my all my kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. every day. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I w- and I always try to like, I always try to ask them how they feel. Mm. You know, just like, oh, how are you, how are you doing? How was your day? How do you feel? Like, I don't remember my father ever asking me, like, how so do you feel? Supposed to have feelings, I guess, right? Like, yeah, you, well, it's you not even to that. express like, them. You know, it's not his fault. Like, I'm not blaming him because his father was even tougher than him. So it's like. Mm. Like, oh, I yeah. felt like my father always, I could always feel, like, energetically and empathically, like, my father had the emotion, mm. but he never, like, let it out. Yeah. You know, Ooh. so I, I knew it was there. I think that's, like, a lot of, of like, mm. because we, we are kind of in a transition, right? I think we're, we're, we're like, aware of the fact that, like, everyone has feelings and everyone needs to be allowed to, like, like allowed space to like be themselves and 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 whatever just like general we're giving people more room uh i think that's mm-hmm. it you know even as annoying as some of the like woke shit may be i think it's like let's give people space to like be themselves a little bit more right but like you know uh, i don't know i'm like of the millennial generation that's like right at that transition where things are still mm-hmm. like very kind of oh, traditional and and boys like we're not taught like especially here in the south like you aren't allowed to express yourself like you're not you're not allowed to cry you're you're supposed to be strong and and yeah like you're supposed to suppress yourself like in order to appear like a man even from the time you're a small you know Mm -hmm. eight-year-old boy like your dad will slap you in the face for crying, you know, I mean, or your mom, whoever, you know, like you're not going to act yeah. like that in here. Like that's not, we're you, not doing that. If and you see all awful. these, extre- all these extremes are probably just manifestations of, you know, like what all these people need is just space to authentically express themselves. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these extremes where somebody's like, Oh, I identify as a frog. It's just like, <laughs> it's just a, you know, a manifestation <laughs> of the desire to really be seen. Yeah. And it's like you don't – you wouldn't say that unless you really wanted somebody to, like, look at you authentically, even if you really do feel like a frog. Yeah. You know, it's like you want this space to be like, this is me. I'm different. Yeah. I want to be seen. I want to be held. Like I want to be – you know, I want to have a space held. Yeah, and I, I, I especially like, 
I, I definitely understand how men feel like, I think, you know, women kind of get a lot of like room to be like, (laughs) I don't know, you know, just like there's, there's more room for women to express their emotion. There's more room for women to, to, you know, be a little crazy, I guess. I don't know. Like it's obviously like there's stereotypes that, that Mm -hmm. are harmful and, and I have been like you know, put in that box of like, I'm a psycho bitch or whatever. (laughs) And that doesn't feel good. But, but, but I've never been told, like, it's not okay for me to cry. Like, well, I have been told it's not okay for me to cry. (laughs) Because I cry a lot. But, (laughs) but interesting, though, that you but I feel like men like get like an absolute zero tolerance, whereas women get a pass. And like, that's hard. Like, that's not fair. It's not no, it's not healthy. No. And I don't no. know, you said you have you have sons, right? So, like, what yeah. do you give them? I assume you give them space to, like, yeah, express themselves. Yeah. I think, I mean, my ex-husband and I have very different views on upbringing. I mean, you know, raising them. He's much more traditional. Um, yeah. So I think I deliberately even more f- let them be more free than maybe... I should sometimes <laughs> just because I want them to have, uh, I, you know, I kind of believe that on some level we choose our experience and, and they've obviously chosen to have two extremely different parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think for me, like some, there are times when I don't need to like be so emotional or take things so hard or like express everything I feel like there are times when I need to like chill the fuck out, you know, <laughs> like I just need to, you know, like it's not appropriate for me to express my feelings all the time. Yeah. Like I don't, but I, I feel like men like jumping on the tables or anything like that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I am, you know, I've, I've got quite. I'm not. I don't say strict rules. I say I've, you know, they know, they know what they should and shouldn't be doing. I think, but I think, it with respect to them expressing themselves and their personality, I, I, I think it's just one of my values to allow them to you know really be themselves and, and my daughters I've got a daughter as well and um yeah I think I think I see she's at that age where I it's, it's just a weird thing about when you have children you see them at an age where you remember what you were like at that age and at, at the age she's at is when I was having a lot of problems um and I sort of look at her and I sort of think I just hope that I'm providing you with what you need you know what I mean as a parent um yeah I think that's just I mean being a parent is hard it's like you can't ever really do it right in any particular way I think you just a lot of the time you do your best but I'm I think I have consciously tried to kind of rewrite some of the ancestral trauma let's put it that way exactly at a point like when I left my husband and my mum died I was like that stops there I'm not carrying that forward, some of that stuff. Some of the things that mm-hmm. went on in my family that I'm like, I'm not, my children are not going to be brought up like that. I'm not having that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but I don't judge people because people that do, you know, are in the family unit and they've got a lot of pressure from people in their family. I That's just so incredibly tough to navigate. I think yeah because you have the programming for so long sometimes yeah. it's like your default 
is like yeah. to go back to what you you know like for me even like if i get into argument with colleen like i feel like my default is to like shut down and not mm-hmm. show yeah. anything not show emotion mm-hmm. you know just be and like, probably what she wants from you is like she wants to be able to read you a little i'm sure like she wants yeah, to well, show some I, emotion well because like it's it's a very masculine thing to do it's like i always think this is just my mindset has always been like i look at things as like a battle or like a warrior so like if you're (laughs) fighting with somebody and you're not showing your hand like they can't really argue with you because they don't even know what you're thinking so Mm -hmm. i always would shut down with people just so they can't get a read or anything i mean that was like my mindset so it's hard to like get out of wanting to shut down when you don't feel like you know you're in the right space like don't show emotion don't really get i always think of there was a movie the 13th warrior it was like a viking movie (laughs) and this guy gets into a battle and he like doesn't show how good of a warrior he is until (laughs) like he needs to you know and i that like stuck that ingrained in my head when i was a kid because i matched the energy of that and it's like i always thought to like never show my hand you know because then people can't make a move it's not showing any vulnerability yeah and it's hard to like now you know i'm i've worked on myself and i try to like open up and be like okay with whatever i'm feeling no matter how like contrary it is to like the persona of who i am Mm. You know, because like you, well, you build this persona for protection. What? I just said, even that is a huge deal, though. Even though it seems like a, a very subtle change, it's still like your everything that you model to your children, they're picking up on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think Pete is like almost like I don't know, just like a really good example of someone who mm. like has all the programming of a typical like masculine, like whatever yeah. generation, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a guy and, and is actively like modeling something different for his kids, like trying to like do something, like Definitely. do the opposite or or whatever. And I don't know, like what what happened to you that made <laughs> how did you figure this out <laughs> no i i don't know like i think it was just taught i was tired of feeling in pain you know yeah or like frustrated or feeling angry and it's like what yeah. do you what are you angry about like it's your decision to me your life is always your decision yeah. you know you, and when yeah, you're- you always say that and it always like cuts deeply for me i'm always like ugh. <laughs> I'm always like a little mad when you say shit like that. But I know it's true because I know I do choose these things. Like I know if I manifest my own reality and I like and I choose, like I attract things to me that I want to happen. I know that like even the bad shit I kind of attract to myself too. You know, like But even besides like the metaphysical bullshit, it's like if you you can you can wake up and you could be like life sucks. Or you could at least be like, life, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to work through it. Or I'm going to try. Yeah. I think it's like the biggest thing is effort. Like, if you want to change, 
the way you feel, you got to work on why you feel that way and be aware of it and try to work through it, you know? And I think yeah. I just got tired of feeling like shit and like being angry because things weren't the way I wanted them to be. I think oh, I've had a real battle with that concept, though, because like, especially like with neurodivergency, because people might say, oh, we're using that as an excuse. But like, I've tried to mind hack my way out of my life, like, for about 10 years now and I think how much has really changed and I think well probably more than I'm giving myself credit for but fundamentally not a great deal has changed in my life in yeah, these 10 well, years. like um to me it's like it's not even like I'm saying maybe I'm using the word wrong language too is like yeah people say you know you control your thoughts and your thoughts create reality blah 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 but it's like to me, it's really always been like, it's more of like an intention, which to me feels differently than a thought. It's like, then, if I self worth, like you talk a lot Pete, about like your self worth, like, do you feel worthy of receiving what you're like asking for? Like, that's always at least for me, that's always resonated, because it's like, there's a part of me that doesn't feel like I deserve the things I'm looking like I'm trying to accomplish or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like self worth be beyond just like, I, I really need to chime in. I'm going to interrupt because I'll go forget. It's such a thing. No, the rebellious sides coming out now because I think there is you can't like if someone like comes at you from their perspective like there is such a thing as white middle class privilege there is such a thing as you know male privilege there's such a thing as you know that that you know like people that come from inherited wealth like i think to say that doesn't exist um like women are basically coming at coming at their lives from a history of 5,000 years of being oppressed, you know? Yeah. And to say, like, oh, you haven't got enough self-worth. It's like, well, am of I going to be able to... Of course I don't. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck am I going to hack through 5,000 years of being oppressed? Like, my self-worth is so programmed. Yeah, but, yeah. like... It's so that's... deeply programmed. That's, that yeah. is true, and, and that's a good so point to me. It's a bit, like, non-empathetic to say, oh, you just need to have better self-worth because... It's not like a. It's like saying like, "Oh, you need a planner." <laughs> like yeah. you'll yeah. be on time if you have a planner. It's so arbitrary. Listen, there's no, there's no <laughs> denying that there's white privilege or there's racism or there's sexism and all that stuff. But like, if you grow up poor or you know, it's it's like there, there's all the there, you're always gonna have a battle. Everybody has a battle on some level. Yeah. I well, you here's what I was going to say. Just just quickly. Like, you can only control yourself. You can't control what's going on in, like, greater society. You can't control, like, the masses of other people. <laughs> you can control you. And you can work on your own, like, how you feel about yourself and, and how you see yourself and the way you talk to yourself every day. Like, those are things, like... I can actually change. I yeah. can't change greater society. And and it's true. Like, of course, I've I know I've been programmed to kind of like hate myself and hate my body and like, <laughs> yeah, like I always you, think if, it could be better or whatever. But but 
yeah but I can I think retrain myself to not think like that about about yeah, me but that's going to take quite a few generations to filter down because um like when um, I was yeah. working as a designer like I was the hardest worker the most diligent worker I worked my ass off like for the 15 years that I was working and I saw myself getting passed up for promotion. I didn't get paid as much as my colleagues because when I did get into senior positions, I knew what everyone was getting paid. What I'm saying is there's some entrenched things in society that you, it doesn't. It wasn't that I didn't have good self-worth. I had great self-worth. But I was fighting against the system that was tipped against me, if you know what I mean. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that there aren't instances of women doing really well, but the percentage of those women is really small. Yeah. And just disillusioning for like as a sort of young girl going into my life thinking I'm gonna rock I actually I've always had that attitude that I never give up and I I still try all the time and I'm positive but I am very aware of some entrenched systems that work against me it's both and right like it's both this and that like there's not just one or the other but there are people that would say that's a limited belief and I'm like oh Yes, I agree. I can choose not to believe that, but it doesn't mean it's not a reality. Yeah. yeah but then, yeah, but if we're looking, if you're looking at this from like a, a spiritual perspective, you know, if you're really like, you chose this limitation. Yeah. No. I don't know, Pete. Yeah, I think I have to say that there's like, to me, in my mind, there are two. There's the reality that you can control, and then there's the reality that exists based on the collective, right? The collective mm-hmm. reality uh, that you know is yeah, so if exists I because of like everyone's yeah. beliefs. Exactly. So there's there's everyone like two versions it. of it in my in my yeah, mind. But you know, this is where but, I'm at but now. You chose to incarnate as Ruby, as Josephine. I chose to be Pete and my advantages and my disadvantages. Would you agree, even if it's not those limitations, everybody has some form yeah. of limitation? Everyone limitation. has a disadvantage, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone so it's does. Like, you're, you're, to me, it goes back to what we were talking about, is like you're choosing to focus. No, no but what I'm saying is you're saying, oh, well, perhaps you just need to work on your, like, self-esteem but what i'm saying you're coming at it from a perspective of a man that's probably had you'll go into your job and um i'm not saying that this isn't in part of my story of manifesting it but i'm just saying let's play the game in this conversation yeah um, no i agree yeah but you, you you can go to work and rise up the ranks and you can work bloody hard and be recognized and whereas i can't necessarily do that and i'm and you're yeah, basically like- saying but maybe this isn't like. I mean, maybe it's not. Saying, in your if you'd live my life, if you'd live my life, you might not give me that advice. You might not say that. Yeah. Because you might have come at it from my perspective and thought, well, actually, maybe she has great self-esteem, but it's actually the system's. Yeah. I I, you know think, I mean? Yeah, I think I understand what you're trying to say because, like, on some that, level, you're trying to like, say that I've got. On some level, I know I'm that I'm even worthy. I've always believed in myself, like 100%. Yeah. I'm, like, it's not that I, like, I have this issue with, like, neurodivergence as well. People say to me often, like, if I say at work, like, I, I just can't remember that. Like, you've told me a command and I've literally forgotten it. And they're like, oh, don't be silly. Of course you do. You know, it's like gaslighting you. It's like saying, you know, you, you don't really have 
that issue. I'm like, that's just the way my brain works. I do have that issues. I'm not saying that I don't. And then they're like, oh, you don't have confidence. I was like, I do have confidence. It's just my brain is different. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not like you clearly I'm... have confidence. You clearly have like poise and, and you're very like you're very smart and and you have so much to offer. Like I see that. But I also see that like. I don't know, just like the way I think about myself, like I'm aware of all these things about myself, but there is part of me that like limits myself or uh is you i mean you started out with at the beginning of this like talking about Mm. how you were kind of self-critical and and i feel like that's everyone's challenge in the whole in the whole world you know (laughs) like all of us are are probably more critical of ourselves than anyone else but there is this aspect that like there's outside forces you know external forces like society whatever that also limit us like that's true too and those things can both be true at the same time it's not just one or the other it's not like oh josephine just doesn't believe in herself or ruby doesn't believe in herself like it's yeah partially maybe i don't really believe in myself but then there's also the part that's like (laughs) the structure of society that i live in doesn't allow me to like you know do what i want to (laughs) do like even in terms of like manifestation most manifestations really come from like your unconscious or your subconscious mind. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you I, agree? Well, that, I think I said that to you. Like, I think I taught you that. Yeah. Do you agree? Though? Do <laughs> I you do. Agree I agree. That? What about you, Josephine? Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I taught you that. <laughs> oh, I love how both you have taught me it. Yeah. Well, listen, because I said we've got thousands okay. of years. Sorry. With- All right. Sorry. Well, okay. But go back to that. If we're manifesting from our unconscious mind our unconscious mind is unaware of a lot of things you know it's like it's like what we're not aware of right because it's unconscious yeah so do you Mm -hmm. think there's a possibility that some of these limitations are in your unconscious mind that you're not aware of well, yes. it depends. Like, that's two different arguments because, I like, I, I think you're right about that. Like, well, there is a possibility of that. I'm not saying it's all yeah, the way it's definite, but I'm there's saying... a possibility that some of these limitations are in my own head. Yes, I, like so. So then, there's a possibility that you could ex- exude confidence, right? Or you could exude. I know how to order. turn it on. Like, I mean, I don't but know. We unconsciously. There's a there's a part of you that doesn't have those beliefs. I think that's mistaking like confidence with like because I'm introverted, right? I would call myself an introvert, and I'm a quite a quiet person. And I think that's often mistaken with not having confidence. Whereas mm-hmm. I think it's it's almost like you're saying, well, you could exude extrovert characteristics. Yeah. No, I'm the and, same way. Yeah, but no, but I, I because a lot of life coaches make that mistake they think that in order to be living your best life you need to be killing it 24 7 whereas my best life is actually living a nice quiet peaceful life i agree with you josephine like a nice quiet life is life for me (laughs) life at the moment more so than i ever have because i'm actually yeah feel more myself i'm more chilled out i'm like i I actually love doing little (laughs) and i think the problem the misconception that I had, and I think it's often in society, and actually, it's a great book by Susan Cain called Quiet. When it said that all the values the book of, is called Quiet, 
yeah, by Susan Cain. That Kane. sounds great. I want, I want to read that. It's really interesting because it said all the values around um, what we perceive to be success were invented in the 1950s. And mm-hmm. when Osborne started to um, sort of be a proponent of extroversion, when actually the, the, the ideal social norm before that was introversion and being academic and quiet and reserved. And, and I think just because someone's not necessarily outwardly jumping around and killing it doesn't mean that they're not happy (laughs) or or I mean I feel like the happier people are always quieter yeah because I feel like happier than I've ever felt but outwardly people might think oh she's what's going on with her because she's she's Mm -hmm. really introverted now I think I think I think that about myself too like people like maybe look at me like I I don't know I guess there was a version of me like you know uh, a, f- a handful of years ago that was very different was super social was always going out yeah. to like bars yeah. and like partying and like just yeah. very social and then like, there's this version of me now that's like a homebody and like yeah. doesn't want to put myself around a lot of people and I don't know like I just you know I want to really like, <laughs> be quiet <Yeah. laughs> I literally said I think I said that to Pete like we were supposed to record a podcast just the two of us and I was like I just feel like being quiet today <laughs> <laughs> and he was like okay <laughs> you know like that's fine <laughs> but that's how I feel like some days I just want to be quiet I don't want to talk yeah. I just like want to be by myself and I'm happy with that like I need that and I just giving myself that permission has like allowed for so much growth and yeah like understanding myself and I I feel like you you're making such a that. prescient kind of point about like yeah who you are and and how to learn who you are like if anyone's listening to this like if you're not sure who you are and you're not sure where you fit like be quiet <laughs> be quiet like you know like sit sit with yourself i don't yeah, know i'm always like pulling in two directions because I, I don't know i haven't worked out yet whether because I'm, I'm also the same. Like I can be really extroverted at times, but I, it's not sustainable for me. <laughs> it's usually like propped up with a lot of alcohol or whatever else, um, and I don't drink anymore. Um, and I think, you know, is it just that I'm? I feel like I go through phases in my life where I'm very out there and doing stuff actively, pushing, and then I have a re- like a retreat for a few years. It's like I that's my cycle. I don't know whether that is something that will always happen to me or whether everyone has that or I don't know do you know what I mean whether it's like, like a there's a cycle yeah yeah I really are we uh Pete are we like intruding yeah. on your work time like you need to get ready <laughs> I, I feel like we're at two work, hours we're coming up to two hours anyway so I'm gonna, sorry I don't I, I feel like this conversation's not done I, ooh, yeah we'll don't. back one day you <laughs> cover the rest of the spiritual well, stuff. Thank but. you. Yeah. No, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for a really, on. really interesting conversation. Yeah, I and I hate to cut it off, but I just realized it was like, yeah, almost. oh no, totally. It's been two hours. <laughs> it was like my bedtime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. What time is it there? It's ten o'clock. Yeah. I oh, it's my ten. Oh, yeah. Bedtime. Bed gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, we'll tag you. We'll tag your social media and stuff in the comments or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We'll promote. Please, yeah, please share it with your with your followers and stuff. But we'll 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 tag you and and all that. Thanks for coming on. All right, take care, guys.